Finding Common Battlegrounds is an attempt by two brothers, one conservative, the other progressive, to have civil conversations about politics with a little help from their friends. Welcome to another episode of Finding Common Battlegrounds, where we have found the brightest minds ever to combat each other in a in a duel of of debate and thought. Cool. But, when are they getting here? <laughs> instead of tearing each other down, we are the the angle that finding common battlegrounds takes is to try to find common ground. And I think most viewers would be surprised at how much common ground we actually usually have between the left and the right. Representing the right tonight will be Josh Cragen. And representing the left will be Ryan Cragen. Brothers, but Ooh. polar opposites. <laughs> Our sponsors, Lux Bidet. If you haven't uh, experienced a bidet, it is a life-altering experience and be- a very civilized uh, way to live. Truth. Let's uh, talk about it. Tonight, we're going to talk about, is critical race theory a big deal? Is it a big deal? So I'm just going to jump into this, give a quick explanation. And then uh, the format is both Ryan and Josh have prepared three questions that they're going to ask each other and see if they, how often they can get the other to agree with them. So let's, let's, let's go and get into this. <clears throat> Critical race theory is a way of thinking about America's history through the lens of racism. Um, sorry, I, I pulled a bunch of this from uh, PBS.org. So uh, I'm just going to read a few few more lines here of what, what I came across, and then we'll, we'll get into it further. It centers on the idea that racism is systemic in the nation's institutions and that they function to maintain the dominance of white people in society. Um, the architects of, of the theory argue that the United States was founded on the, on the theft of land and labor and that the federal law has uh, press. Uh, preserve the unequal treatment of people on the basis of race. Proponents also believe race is culturally invented, not biological. Um, <clears throat> so this has been a really hot uh, subject, and it was a big centerpiece of the, um, of the Virginia uh, gubernatorial election uh, with uh, Glenn Youngkin taking the um, uh, winning that election. Uh, is it McLaughlin? McLaughlin? Was the uh, McCullough? He was McCullough. Oh yeah, Terry McCullough uh, was the incumbent who lost in that, and so that was uh, it. Was a surprising upset, and they made um, a lot of people said that uh, the conservative base was energized by this Tatcha. It was sort of the centerpiece of that whole election, um, but it has been a big talking point of the right uh, for months and the question tonight is is it is this a really big deal is this is this something that's dangerous as dangerous as the right is saying <clears throat> so but i'm just going to go ahead and just jump into this so i'm going to start with josh's question for ryan ryan would you agree that critical race theory is being taught in school mm-hmm. right, josh anything you want to add to that absolutely i'm going to tell you guys a funny story and Ryan, I've just posted the link um, that I want you to put up here in just a second. So last night I sat down after I got home from work at the computer, and my goal was to to research briefly um, 
I was trying to figure out if it is a big deal because I don't know. I don't. I don't even know how you'd figure that out. How you'd look at each school and see how many schools are teaching CRT curriculum. Um, so I sat down and I was. I opened my browser and I was about to start typing things in to see what I could dig up. And my wife walked in the room right right at that point. And I'm not making any of this up. Um, there's no uh, hyperbole here. Um, she walked in and said, "Hey, I need help with this English paper." I don't quite understand it, but what I'm supposed to do is write this paper using a school of critique um, as the lens through which to review this story. And so I said, okay, what are the schools? And so she pulled up the this link that I just linked to Ryan, and we started reading through them. Um, okay, Ryan, pull that up and post it. What do you see on there, there towards the bottom? So scroll down to the bottom of that page, and you'll see the the, the uh, the theories that she could choose from. There's like 10 of them. Okay. Yeah. Critical race theory is second from bottom. Yeah. So I start reading through these, um, these theories, these critiquing theories. And right there, I see critical race theory. Go for it. Obviously it's being taught because, and, and that, that's exactly how it happened last night. It was so funny to me because, well, Okay, I figured it out. This is one of the theories that she has to use to write this paper. Yeah, so she's being used to, to she's being asked to write a paper through the lens of one of these criticisms. Yes, and it, one of them could have been she could have picked critical race theory. Yes, yeah. um, which is so funny to me. Um, and, and let me just as this a was side col- note, is a college paper. Yeah, this is college. college to be clear. The link is to Purdue. It's not to an elementary school, but okay, keep the going. links to Purdue, but she's a yep. conservative Weber State. Okay. So no, this that's is fine. this is being thrown out there at Weber State. Um, and in my question, it was this is being taught in school. So I wasn't just saying elementary education um, anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. as a side note, as as an award winning published author, it it drives me crazy that um, this is this is taught in English that that you ha- have to look at a work of art through one of these stupid lenses because you're just poisoning the well before you even go into the story. It, it drives me crazy because art should be subjective. Real art, you get different people get different things out of it, but but they force you to to look at a, an artistic piece, a, a short story or whatever it may be, through a lens that's already poisoned the well. It's di- it's disgusting to me. It's an atrocity that this is how it's taught. But anyway, that's almost an aside, even though it is applicable to what we're talking about tonight. Um, so clearly, this is being taught. I um, I don't I don't know how much it's being taught in schools, but clearly it's there. And I'm going to get into some other areas where it's it's rearing its ugly head. So Ryan, um, do, you do you agree it's being taught? Uh I absolutely agree that it's being taught in colleges and at graduate schools. Uh, okay, let me. Think I think. One other I thing. think that. Well, can I? Can I just stipulate Make, yeah. that I don't think it's being taught in elementary schools or middle schools, maybe some high schools, but the the very kind of idea of critical race theory is complex. Now, I think you know you could take a relatively bright, I don't know, twelve year old and explain the basic idea to them. But this is not something that's being taught in elementary schools. There, um, there's plenty of evidence. Um, you know, a lot of these school board meetings, um, mm-hmm. like one lady 
said she was interviewed by the news because she was protesting vociferously at the school board meeting. And she said, my daughter came home from school and asked, mommy, am I evil because I'm white? So, so this is happening. Okay. That's okay. That is not critical race theory though. Just to be clear, critical race theory never says that white people are evil. Like that, that is fundamentally not not it. That that is absolutely true. It says all white people are racist. Okay. Uh, Where? Uh, Do let me see if I can, if I wrote down the quote. Well, the uh, is this by one of the founders of critical race yes. theory, Richard Delgado, John Stefanchik, um, who says all white people are evil. Yes, I'm trying to find. I had a whole bunch of notes, so, here, but I didn't think we we're going into that. Yeah, yeah the, the the founders say that white people are not capable of seeing their own racism. They're all racist. Um, crap. I'll, I'll try to find it when you're talking so we don't have dead air here. Yeah. So, but, okay. but, but look, just real quick, look at the next link that I linked to you. Okay. Clark County Schools, which is the fifth largest school district in the country, has just um, lowered all of its uh, um, grading policies. Okay. In the interest of, of equity. Okay. So the, the school board said, uh, lowering all of these assignments or, you know, the, all the grading, the grading standards. scale, it's a grading scale is what they call it. Okay. Well, all of it, it won't be uh, uh, influenced by participation or late assignments or attendance. Um, it's going to be harder to flunk out. It's really quite insane. They say it creates equity. Some teachers say it just lowers standards. Um, so that, that just happened. And and it's being argued that this is an offshoot of critical race theory because it's all about creating equity for these students that that can't compete because they don't show up and they're late, which is some of the argument for CRT. It's 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 weird. But why else would you do this? Uh, I have no idea why they're doing that, but we're not doing this. I can I can tell you at my university we have not adjusted our grading standards. Well, I'm not talking about the equity. the University of Tampa. I'm talking about Clark County Schools. They just did this, and, and, and they, they explicitly and said we're me, we're doing this out of critical race theory. Critical race theory told us we equity. should do this. They're doing it for equity. Which okay, looks so, like everybody that's that's delving into this says, well, this is looks like it's an offshoot of CRT. But so so what I'm saying is this stuff is influencing elementary education. Okay, and there are kids coming home saying, "My teacher said that I'm I'm racist because I'm white." It is being taught. I don't know how much it's being taught because because a lot of the things that Fox News is going to report or that you're going to see in the news, it's it's uh, hyperbole. It's not empirical evidence. Ryan, not, you don't agree. Ryan, you don't uh, agree. Uh, well, I, I said like I, I absolutely agree that critical race theory is being taught at graduate level you know, university research, right? Like that, that's where it was originated. My wife's not in graduate level research. This was a a standard English class. Yeah. And at the college level, right. Where they would actually say like, Hey, let's use a critical race theory lens to understand this piece of text. That's where it's being taught explicitly. Um, So if, if that's the question, like, is this being taught at college and in graduate school? Yeah, absolutely. Like, no one's denying that. That is where it's actually being taught. Is critical race theory, as we're going to get to, like, what it actually is, is that being taught in elementary school? No. Is it being taught in middle school? I highly doubt it. Long shot that it's being taught in in high school, just because it's really complex what it is. But you don't actually know. So I just gave a couple. Uh, I can't definitively say that it's not. 
right? Okay, but, then don't. So, that's what you're saying. <laughs> I gave a couple of examples that it, it is, and I but, don't know how widespread it is. I'll, let I'll me jump give an example into this a little scale. bit because uh, I did do a little bit of research on this, and it said um, so the K through 12. There, there's little evidence brought that's been brought up that that's actually being taught. But some ideas central to critical race theory, such as lingering consequences of slavery, have been. Um, In Greenwich, Connecticut, uh, middle school were given a white bias survey that parents viewed as being part of the theory, right? They associated it to the theory. Um, In North Carolina, Wake County public school systems, teachers participated in a professional development session on critical race theory. County education officials canceled the future study once it was discovered, but insist the theory is not part of its classroom curriculum. Then why um, make the st- teachers code to it? That's right. Crazy. So these these are some of the things that have been brought up, but the but but no but those 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 um, school districts confirm like affirm that that it's not being taught, but right. but it 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 is it's sort of on the edge, right? The peripheral of, of that theory, right? Um, so we kind of, I don't, I guess we're not sure where you frame that question, Josh. So I'm going to give partial ding on that ding, ding, because yes, it is being taught in colleges, but, uh, um, but yeah, Ryan will not agree that it's being taught in, in K through 12. Um, and I don't know if, if you, that's what, where you were trying to go with just, that. But. Just that it is being taught. Because I don't know how prevalent it is. I, I honestly don't. I, I don't know how you'd even find that out. I don't know how you would look at the curriculum of each school district and see how pervasive it is. But it, 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 there are enough signs to me that it's clear that it is being taught in places. I, I imagine it's probably not super prevalent in elementary education, but it, right. it's being taught. It's out there. It's out there. All right. Okay, I'm ready. Next question, Josh. We may not agree on how we want to change the world, but can we agree with this statement that the ultimate goal is to change the world? Okay. Um, Here's how you're going to do it, but that the ultimate goal is to change. Here's a little bit of background here. At At the heart of all critical theory lies the idea that scholarship done for the sake of scholarship, which is sometimes referred to as pure scholarship, or basic scholarship is really just the first step. And let me explain with an example that some of our listeners may actually find intriguing. In one of my earliest papers that I published, I found that LDS growth rate, so this is the annual rate of growth primarily through conversions of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Mormons, was closely related to the level of modernization or development of a country. So if modernization goes up uh, above a certain level, growth of the LDS church actually plummets. Okay. So I found this in one of my papers. Mm. I'm not going to go into a lot of details, but you know, I'll, I'll spare people my eggheaded fascination with numbers. This was actually a fairly big, important finding. A lot of other scholars said as much at the time, but it wasn't until I was talking to a graduate student a couple of years later that my pure research, okay, so this was just research. I, I, I didn't say what to do with it, but my pure research was contrasted with applied research. The graduate student asked me, So you figured this out. What do you think the church should do with it? That was the question that was posed to me at a conference by a graduate student. My response reveals who I am, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I said, I don't care what anybody does with it. I just wanted to know what was going on. Okay. I am one of those pure researchers, a basic researcher. Um, I am 
proudly and maybe somewhat abashedly an ivory tower academic. I live in my ivory tower. I look around at the world and I go, that's an interesting question. And I go out and I try and figure out what the answer is. And I don't care what happens to whatever answer I come up with. I genuinely don't care. Enter critical theory. Critical theory is very akin to applied research. The basic premise of critical theory is that once we come to understand something, we should look to see if whatever it is we are studying reflects inequality. Does the educational system favor one group over another? That is bringing a critical theory lens to a question. Does housing policy or law favor one group over another? That again is bringing a critical lens to a question. Um, A scholar once pointed out this flaw with ivory tower academics, that we are so focused on trying to understand the world that we don't actually do anything to change it. Here's the actual quote. Quote, the philosophers have hitherto only interpreted the world in various ways. The point, however, is to change it. End quote. Josh, we may not agree on how we want to change the world, but can we agree with that statement that the ultimate goal is to change the world? Our goal, like as an individual. Yeah. Each of us have the goal. Like you want the world to look one way. I want the world to look a different way. We want to change it. I I suppose there's, I mean, I explained the whole thing of the dichotomy between, uh, conservatives and liberals conservatives Mm -hmm. are all about hanging on to the things that are working so yeah i mean i I generally agree with what you're saying even though you're gonna you're going to take that to mean that i agree with critical theory no which Mm -mm. not necessarily which is not exactly the case i agree with some aspects of critical theory but there's it's rooted in marxism which you know i'm going to have a fit with Um, All right, so we have a partial agreement. Well, I'm full agreement. Yeah, I think we've got full agreement. Right? Ideally, full agreement. Yeah. Full let's, agreement. Let's change the world for better and just pretend okay. it's happy. But so, so now I get to reveal who said this. Ooh, it's Marx. Yeah, that's I, I know. Marx. Yeah, I know. Karl Marx. <laughs> that was Karl Marx. Karl Marx said the philosophers have hitherto only interpreted the world in various ways. The point, however, is to Dude, change it. It's one of his I, most famous quotes. Josh but is I, now a Marxist. <laughs> I, I, oh, I brought I'm up so the happy. shield. I'm so I brought happy. up the shield against Marxism before you even sprung your trap. <laughs> I, said, I know where this is going. I can smell Marxism. Well, I, I did know where I, it was going. There's a Marx um, in the room. And, and um, I actually, yeah. I agree with the latter part of the quote, which was your question. The first part of the right. quote where he said philosophers have done nothing. I don't agree with that. Philosophers have actually. No, um, they've interpreted the world. That's what they've done. Right. So, and, no, and but, I, but, I, but I, the way people think and the, and the way the, you know, the West has developed, a lot of that has been based off of good philosophy. So sure. to say philosophers have done nothing, I don't actually agree with that part of the quote. I agree with the second yeah. part. We would like to change the world for the best. Mark sucks. Uh, all right. <laughs> but you agree with the quote. Can I just add one little piece? So, so underlying most critical theory is this very idea that comes from Karl Marx. So you're right. Karl Marx is a critical theorist. Note that in everything that I said here, I didn't mention race. Okay. Critical theory is much broader than just applying it to the question of race. So Karl if Marx. You look at all those, those lenses that I that I mm-hmm. introduced before. There's Marxist criticism. There's uh, feminist criticism. There's yeah. LGBTQ criticism. There's criticism. Disability there's, uh, indigenous. Studies. Yeah, 
Uh, there's well, lots of different approaches that you can use, Most all to just ask the, the well, question. Yes. Right. And, and fundamentally, that's the question that lies at the heart of critical theory is, okay, we understand this now. Does it lead to inequality? Right. Well, I, I don't know if it's inequality, but like, would it be fair to say like, okay, any mainstream idea, we're just going to take a step back and sort of view it through the devil's advocate lens and, and take it apart and say like, well, yeah, it, this works for this group, but it doesn't work for this group or it's, yeah. there's some, there's some cons here and that's here. A way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what we mean by inequality, right? That right. it's favoring one group over another group. That's absolutely mm-hmm. the, the, the lens of critical theory, generally speaking. Critical race theory just says, okay, let's apply this from the lens of race, right? Mm-hmm. But critical theory is much broader. There are lots of angles that you can take. Critical theory is just saying, okay, we get it, but is this favoring one group over another? That's the idea. Cool. All right. Uh, I'm moving on. Ryan, would you agree that rit- critical race theory is affecting society? Now, Josh, do you want to continue to call that crit- critical race theory? or? Yeah, we're, we're talking about critical race theory specifically, not critical theory, because that's a much broader thing, similar similar in uh not scope similar in you know it's it's uh process but we were i thought we were talking about critical race theory weren't we we are but we are i just haven't gotten there yet so i will get to critical race theory okay pull up my twitter that i that that uh, link i just um all right okay so there was a study was that the yahoo news one that i just that you just pulled up hold on one second I'm making notes. So I can this get is this in from a tweet from Ibram Kendi, ex Kendi. Oh, more than a third yeah. of white students. I was, I was, I was going to do both of these. Let me, let me link both of them, and you can pull them both up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully, those are. Oh, I just linked the same one. I think. God, this is harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> So Ibram Kendi is a fairly well-known s- scholar who studies race, and he so has a, a fairly popular book. Um, he's a big proponent of critical race theory. He's one of the leading talking heads about it. Uh, I'm trying to find his book okay. that had made him so famous. Right. Let me, okay, here's the link that I wanted you to look at first. Okay, so this is a Yahoo News article. It talks about a survey. This is just a um, a couple of weeks ago, a survey, a recent survey has found that 34% of white respondents admitted to lying about being part of a racial minority to boost their chances of getting accepted into college. Okay. So this, this uh, study came out. I don't know if either of you saw it. It's kind of a nope. big deal. Okay. A, a lot of, it looks like uh, about a third of white kids going to college are lying about their race in order to get accepted into college. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's start there. Why would they do that? Uh, because they assume that it's going to improve their chances of getting accepted as a minority. And it looks like in that study it said 77% of the white applicants who lied about the race on their applications were accepted to those colleges. So it's working. Okay. Now, Ibram X. Kendi, the uh, Malcolm X wannabe, he posted this on Twitter. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so his tweet, it says, more than a third of white students lied about their race on college applications, and about half of these applicants lied about being Native American. More than three-fourths of those students who lied about the race were accepted. So he posted that on Twitter, 
And then after a few minutes, deleted it. Why would he delete this tweet? Uh, him, I don't being, know. him being a huge proponent of critical race theory. Because immediately people started uh, tweeting back at him. You just destroyed your whole life's work with a single tweet. Because when you stop and think about it, he's pointing out here with this tweet that uh, the the system is not rigged against black people because you have white kids pretending to be black people to get ahead. Okay, so he deleted the tweet because it totally blows up critical race theory. Do you? I mean, do you do you see why he deleted the tweet? Do you see why I this mean, destroys CRT? Do we know? So I'm going to pull a Josh. Like I can't get inside his head, so I don't know his actual motivation for deleting the tweet. If, yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's that's why he started defending it. Didn't afterwards. we do this last time when we were talking about Trump and you're like, I can't get inside Trump's head. Why are you trying oh, to make it so I can with get his, his follow up tweets? Because people started asking him, why did you delete that? And did he, started, he say he deleted it for that reason? That is like this undermines my entire life's if, work. If you go and read <laughs> all the tweets, that's pretty. I mean, it's pretty obvious. And I'm then, a complete idiot. I, <laughs> and then how did, how did he how do you guys think he defended himself when it became obvious that he was just. He, he screwed up. Cried racism. No you people are all pro-slavery. How dare you attack me about this? He just cried racism. It was, it's, it's, it's hilarious. Okay, The whole situation is hilarious. He destroyed critical race theory. The biggest. He's probably the biggest, most famous proponent of it right now. I don't know if I agree with that. But I, you know, he's a well-known name. It's not my area, so, so I don't know. You're using this as an example that it is affecting society. Like the, in that college, Clearly. college admissions are using race as a as a, a filter, right? And and they're um, um, not penalizing their um, they're helping. privileging students. Yeah. yeah, the whole concept of CRT is that uh, all of our institutions, all of them, are designed to to. <sighs> Put white people up and keep everybody else down. And clearly, I can never agree with absolutes, right? Like when you say that's what it says. That's that's all institutions. That's what. uh, Let me read the actual. (laughs) Who are you getting this from? (laughs) From CRT founders Richard Delgado and John Stefanchik. You've got to give me the link to this because I, you're you're making it out as though they're like y'all. Every white person is a a member of the KKK. Wants to kill all black people and Uh, all institutions. Every institution, including local bathrooms and like drinking fountains and like everything is. Completely structurally, systematically racist. Like, what about the sentiment of this argument, or this yeah. question? Right? Is it is it affecting society? Um, is critical race theory affecting society? Mm-hmm. I mean, give me I mean, give me so, any other plausible reason why a third of of white college applicants would lie about their race? Affirmative. Any action. other. Right. Yeah. Affirmative. Affirmative action. action. Do you, do you, Ryan? Do you know if that happens at your school? Uh, what that race is taken kids... into consideration? So here's the thing: that the Supreme Court said that you can't actually do that. So uh, there were a number of schools that had you can't, do uh, you can't actually use race in your consideration to privilege uh, minorities. Wasn't that so based on no the allowed. medical students that were yeah the white that, medical that, students that sued? Mold- yeah, multiple they, groups have sued different universities. Some private universities got sued, some public universities. And I think it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court is like, yeah, you can't actually privilege people on the basis of race. So you can't have like quotas. Happen? You can't have, huh? When was it? Uh, that was 
since I've been teaching, uh, so since 2007, right? Um, I don't know exactly when, and I don't know. I don't know if it went all the way to Supreme Court, if it was you know like a state level or federal level court or something like that. But multiple universities have had to change their admissions policies because you cannot use race explicitly. So you can't just say like, oh, this person's black, so we're going to privilege them, or this person's Native American, or they're Asian, or whatever it is. You can't just use that and privilege them and let them in. You can't do that anymore. So I don't know of any universities that are actually doing that because it's, so why it's are legally not allowed. lying about their race. Uh, it's an interesting question. Uh, one, I haven't seen the study. I would and, really like to look deeper into the study, I just but think, I saw the link. I so think, that's great. Yeah, I, I saw the link. So I'm not denying the study. I'd like and, to look deeper into it and see if we have more information. 77% of them getting accepted. Okay. But that immediately raises a red flag. How many... How many who didn't lie group? got accepted. Right. Yeah. Right. So, enough, I mean, if it's like, like 76% versus 77%, I'd be like, <laughs> okay, fair. Okay. That, right. That so give me a comparison. The, that would shoot that part of the study in, in its, in its head, but, yeah. but it still doesn't explain the first part that a third of white students feel like they need to lie about it just to get into college. Something's clearly happening. So Ryan, yes, and you no. can deny you can deny that it's this underlying well, CRT thing, but I don't know what else it would be. You can couch that you can couch that in affirmative action and just say they're they're purely worried about getting you know scholarships aimed at minorities or something. But yeah, I mean, it, like grasping at straws. I, <laughs> uh, okay, so how many of those kids who lied? do you think would say I lied because of critical race theory? None of them, because I don't <laughs> think it's in the open. Well, they wouldn't say they, they don't, they don't, because know they what probably don't know you what it is. They don't know what critical race okay, theory you already is. Explained that. But, right. the, but there's something pervasive going on in our society where, where that's become the, the tone uh, that uh, we're, I mean, that, that's like what the black lives matters thing was that we're, yeah. we're killing the cops are all killing all these black people. When statistically, it's it's very provable that that's not happening. Okay, it's it's cops kill way more white people, and and they're mm. actually pretty good. So there's something happening within society, and it is CRT in my opinion. But I don't. But as you said, it's complicated, and it's not being openly taught. It's being subversively taught, is what I'm saying. So I, I think that's why all of them lied. I don't think any one of them would say that's why they lied. Final time, Ryan. Is it affecting society? I could give him so many better examples. The example that he's got is just a terrible example, and you can't trace it directly to critical Good. race theory. So, um, I, I, I honestly, I don't know that critical race theory is dramatically affecting society. It might be in some subtle ways. It's really hard to quantify. I mean, this specific example, yes. I. I don't think is tied to critical race theory at all. I think it's a bunch of stupid kids who didn't think they could get into college honestly, so they lied. Um, and I get where you're Mostly saying, I like, oh, but they're going to this. Just because yeah. I wanted, I, I brought this up because I wanted to make fun of Ibram X. Kendi. Oh, uh, okay. I actually disagree with him on a lot of his points. Uh, you think not, there's something? Yeah. There's something there, but maybe it's mm, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you would quantify that. In, in particular, because critical race theory, I mean, we haven't even gotten to like the core of this. I mean, I keep insinuating. This is taught 
pretty superficially at an undergraduate level. I don't think it's actually taught beyond that, like at lower levels. It's only if you're an advanced student that you're going to dig, dig deeply into critical race theory. So the idea that like the whole world is revolving around this idea of critical race Never theory, when I, I know I, I'm not trying to say that you did. Okay. I, I'm just kind of giving the idea that like people are freaking out about critical race theory. This is changing gubernatorial races, but most of the people who are freaking out about it don't know what it is. And it's only a tiny sliver of the population who actually studies this in depth. I mean, it really is just 1% of the population has master's or it's actually 2% have master's or PhD degrees. And most of them are not in literary theory, in law, in um, history, in the disciplines where they would actually possibly study critical race theory. So we're talking about a fraction of a fraction of the population actually understands what this is. And Thousands, millions of people are freaking out thinking that their kid is being brainwashed into believing critical race theory. I would, I would wager, I would seriously, I'll put a thousand dollars down right now that 90% of our K through 12 teachers have no idea what critical race theory is. What it actually is. Yeah. They have no idea. Well, then, so who, and how could they teach it to kids? That's what they I've been trying to bring up is that it's critical race theory is sort of being used as a catch all phrase. For anyone that's like subjective racial, you know, historical racial education or something like that, right? And where it's like anyone who implies anything based on about racism um, is sort of being lumped into critical race theory when it isn't necessarily critical race theory. But, uh, and that's why, you know, I, I, and, and so if Josh, if you're just getting a critical race theory, yeah, then so Ryan, you're, you don't agree or you do. I keep pushing you on this. <laughs> and, uh, I'm having trouble here. I don't care if he agrees. It's an interesting conversation because what you're saying, I, I wouldn't take your bet. You're probably uh, right that most people don't understand critical theory. Definitely. And most people don't understand critical race theory. What I'm getting at is there's, um, there's like this subversive thing going on where, where people are, are taking aspects of it. And probably conflating it and, and either teaching that just offhandedly, even if it's not their subject, or influencing people. And it's not just in schools, okay? It's happening uh, socially as well, social media, that kind of thing. And I'm going to show it with my, with my third point. Uh, and, and Tom's probably right. It's probably, CRT is probably using it as a catch-all for any, you know, kind of race baiting or, or anything that's going on. Um, but it, it is derived from aspects of critical race theory. You, you can do that with any theory. You can take a, a part of it that, that you like and then blow it up and blow it out of proportion. And that's my assertion here. It's, it's not that uh, um, college-level CRT courses are being taught, you know, everywhere. Not. That's not happening. That's never been nope. my assertion. <laughs> right? final, final time, Ryan. Do you agree or disagree? With the question that critical race theory is influencing society, is affecting, that the question? Affecting society. Affecting society. Maybe. Maybe. Can I go with maybe? We'll get a maybe. Uh, that's fair. Be- because, I again, know. I don't know how much it is because it's Happening. so hard to quantify. You so, yep. yeah. <laughs> you picked a crazy topic for us to discuss. You know that? Yeah, I did. All right. All right. Okay. Josh. Can we agree the laws prohibiting black people from purchasing homes in specific neighborhoods is an example of structural racism? 
Okay. Um, Ryan, are you referring to, I think it was called the red zones. Uh, uh, red, yeah. You had red lines. Um, red lines. Okay. Yes, in, this but, is like FDR. Um, uh, yeah, this is, this is, I mean, it's certainly not legal today. It right. still kind of happens in a weird way, but we, we won't even get into that. I'm going to give a historical example. So this, I'm not trying to suggest this is happening today. There's evidence that it kind of is, but indirectly and more subtly. But let me just go into this. Okay. So my first point laid out the importance of critical theory. Critical theory, again, not critical race theory, critical theory. Do note that some of my published work probably falls into this area. And I'd be happy to talk about that at some other point, or if people have questions, we can talk about it. But most of my published work likely does not. I want to turn now to a specific example of critical theory being important. Okay. Immediately following World War II, the federal government funded a bunch of housing projects where it provided basically zero interest loans to the developers. However, the funding was contingent upon the projects, these big housing developments, being segregated. The federal government would not give them the money unless the housing projects were segregated. Okay? And we have documented evidence for this. So this is, and again, this is 70 years ago now, right? So this is a long time ago, but this is the example. Here's a specific example. The Public Works Association created, uh, funded the Williamsburg Homes in New York that was white only and the Harlem River Houses that was for blacks only, okay? More broadly during this time period, and this is a quote from a book called The Color, of, uh, the Color Line, the Color, the Color of Law, that's what it's called. Quote, of the 26 projects built in the Northeast and Midwest in this time period, 16 were reserved for whites, eight for African-Americans, and two were internally segregated, end quote. This leads to the specific angle of critical race theory. By first understanding what is happening, that's the pure research side, then applying a critical lens to it, we can come to understand that the federal government requiring home developers to build segregated neighborhoods is an example of, and this is at the heart of critical race theory that Tom was talking about earlier, structural racism. Okay, I'm going to repeat this and I'm going to go into what this is. So structural racism. Structural racism refers to the idea that racial inequality is built into the social structure, into laws, into policies, behaviors, and norms. Structural racism does not require people to be members of the KKK or to be bigoted racists who admit that they're racists because the system is what discriminates, not people. That's the difference. Many people in the U.S. really struggle with the idea of social structure because it's hard to see. It's not easily visible. We want to blame individuals for crap like this, not systems or society, but sometimes it is society that is at fault, and that means society needs to change. That insight comes from critical race theory. Okay. So, Josh, Josh. my question can we agree that laws prohibiting black people from purchasing homes in specific neighborhoods is an example of structural racism? The only example you could give me was from 70 years the, ago. I'm making this as easy as possible, Josh. Well, well, and I think For, Ryan, I'm fine. not condemning anybody who's alive. Give me, give me, an, give me an example. <laughs> but I of think structural Ryan, you're, racism the, right now. Can, no, no, but, but no, but the Ryan, I think the, where you're going to go with this is <laughs> that's an egregious example, right? From yes, years ago. And that's, that's the sure. point. Yeah. And exactly. what is critical race theory derived from history, freaking history. They're and, going back to history and saying, look, 
This is structural racism. That's what critical theory does. So no, I'm not going to give you a current example yet, Josh. Just answer the question. <laughs> Bring my trap. Come on. It's not even yeah. a trap. It's, this yeah. is just an obvious one. I'm trying um, to make this as simple as sure. possible. Critical race theory was was great 70 years ago when we were still, that uh, was, you know, this is so, this is absurd. This is, this is absurd what you're doing right absurd? now. You agree that that Josh, was structural racism. Yes. Laws prohibiting black yeah. people from purchasing homes in specific neighborhoods is ding, an example ding. of structural racism. Ding, yes, ding. that's all I'm looking for. Right. God, yeah. that's all I want. Your example from 70 years ago. 70 years ago. What, what you're about to spring here is so preposterous. <laughs> okay, great. Ryan, we're good then? Yes. I'm moving on. That's, that, that was critical race theory. I hope our listeners great. finally understand. Great. That was critical race theory. Hooray. Ryan, would you agree that, that critical race theory is poisoning people's minds? <laughs> yeah, this is my funny one. <laughs> All right. I'm showing this video because it's I I think it's hilarious. All right. So I need you to show a, I'll tell you when to stop, but I just linked uh, another video. Okay. Um so pull this one up and show it. It's so freaking funny. All right. So I had to put the link down in there. Let me pull it up here. Is it gonna autoplay on me? Oh it did. Okay, hold on. You might so, the volume on. Yeah. Um, there we go. Fascinating. Let me share my screen and I'll take care of all of this in post. All right. Uh, oh, I need to make sure you can hear my audio. Crap. Went away. Come on back. Share sound. And here we go. Like, I hate when people talk about black women being obese. I hate it because it becomes a way to blame us for a set of conditions that we didn't create. We are living in the Trump era. And look, those policies kill our people. You can't get access to good health care, good insurance. The research says that black women, when we do the same diets as white women, we lose less weight and we lose it slower. And what public health practitioners think is that our stress responses in the body change our metabolism. It's literally that the racism that you're experiencing and the struggle to make ends meet actually means the diet don't work for you the same. I'm with you. But right, stop I think there. it's also really important what? for us to know. No, I want to hear this other black woman say something. The power I don't even to, her. to choose Just stop it. I don't how care about we see ourselves. Sure. We what? will be fortified to fight all of these other external issues yeah, when it. we pour into ourselves. Okay. I thought she was going to actually disagree with her, but she didn't. I don't, okay. I don't even, I'm not even sure I understood what the point was. <laughs> like, cause, well, she I didn't, said, she said the policies, the, we're living in the Trump era and these policies are killing us. When when we try to do diets, they don't work for us the same. So the institutional racism, uh, the the you know this is all derives from critical race theory. The institutional racism is making us fat. She's asserting. <laughs> she's asserting <laughs> that 
the, uh, like, with like the hospitals and the, i'm i'm confused like you, what, her, I, what I'm was happy she to actually explain her argument explain her argument no her argument was that uh well i mean she didn't delineate very good i'll do a better job than she did she's saying that because uh we're poor and we don't have as good access to medical care when we do the same diet as a white woman we don't lose weight because we're too stressed out or something along those lines but what she's saying is um the system is making us fat that's that's what she's saying right diets are less effective because of because that, of racism yeah because of the that's stress what she's saying. of racism we're well, fat the stress because of, of racism or because yeah, she the was stress, saying their bodies the stress of racism okay got it the but stress ultimately she's saying, what she's saying we're fat because of racism okay josh if you're gonna a, be an activist Maybe that's be a, a bit little of more an oversimplification. A little bit, but not really, because that's what she's saying. And, and in, she in said, sense, she prefaced but... it by saying, we're in the Trump area. Trump era. era. These policies are killing us. Stating that women, wow. black women are being killed by Trump. And the funny thing here is they're on the Oprah network. Was Oprah fat in the 80s? <laughs> okay. I, I've <laughs> got to be really careful here. You picked like... This yeah. one's funny to laugh at because that's what she's saying. We're fat. We're fat because of racism, right? And I assume this, this is this is derived from CRT. The structure of the whole system, structurally, well, okay, is but, making them fat. And well, can crap. we tackle this a little bit? Can we just tackle this a little? Bit? Sure, but um, let me let me just it, preface well, it by saying well, okay. they're on to us, guys. Our our evil cabal of white people that have been making the diet for the last hundred years in in the country. They caught on to us. We wanted all black women to be fat and white women to be skinny. And, they and, caught us. And sorry. And before you go, Ryan, like just to clarify, Josh, your and your your question is: is it, it's poisoning society in that it's creating these narratives like this that are probably not productive, right? And how is that productive? That's what you're it, saying. And I get the scientific explanation there that you know, you know poor people are more likely to be obese. I get that. But but to just give up all your power and say it's the government's fault that I'm fat, that's absolutely absurd and asinine. And how does that help anybody? Okay, it's just this victimhood, victimization. Can that mentality. be the point? Because I'll actually agree with that point. That is the point. Because that's what, and, and I'll explain this with my final closing point. That's what CRT does. It it tells people that you're a victim. The whole system is rigged against you, and there's nothing you can do about it. So just be a whiner and a victim, because that's what they're doing in that video. And I, I post it because it's funny to me. But it, this is this is serious. You have a room full of of women all nodding their heads, going, "Yeah, I'm fat because of Trump." <laughs> the woman sitting next to her is not fat. Most of the women in the room are not fat. Um, it's the, about the, half the, of them the, were. About half uh, of them were. Well, statistically, in the U.S., sixty something percent are overweight or obese. So. Okay. Which was about about the same uh, as the video. So I agree with you. Yeah. They're all sitting there going, well, they're all agreeing. They're all nodding their heads going, yeah, we're fat because of Trump. But only what's your your response? Uh, Okay. I mean, there are lots of things to to tackle with this one. Um, I don't even know where to start. So let's talk a little bit about uh, structural inequality in healthcare, um, because that is not a bad point. Okay. And this is actually something that my wife studies. I'm pointing because that's her desk right there, right? Like she's here all the time. She studies uh, racial inequalities in healthcare. 
Um, and she'll look at things and I can just cite like her research. I could pub- publish this, I mean, you know, did, post studies. Minorities have died, more minorities have died from COVID, right? Yep. And, and yeah. So a very simple example, literally coming from her research is uh, there's really no difference in incidences of breast cancer based on uh, race, but black women are less likely to get tested for breast cancer genes. They, they okay? die a lot more, right? Yes. Like a lot more. Yeah. And part of it is because of lack of access. So she's, she's not wrong in saying some of the things she said, right? This woman in the video that like black people have worse access to healthcare. Part of that is poverty, but part of it is also where doctors choose to locate their practices. Rarely do they choose to locate in poor neighborhoods and that's That's, intentional. That's poverty. That's poverty. I get that. And, And I'm not saying that that's not poverty. I'm saying that translates into Black people who are less affluent having harder times getting to healthcare. But on top of that, there are other ways that healthcare is actually structurally, right? And, it, and I'm not saying that doctors are racist. Like that, that's the whole point here is that you can say it's not about racist doctors. It's not about individuals who are like, I'm a racist and I'm not going to put my healthcare practice in a predominantly black neighborhood. That's not why they're doing it. Josh was absolutely right. They're doing it because they're going to make more money if they put it in a more affluent neighborhood. That, that's yeah. why they're doing it. It's not about race. But, but the underlying tone of what you're arguing is that, that it is racial and it has nothing because to it do with disproportionately affects color. Because it disproportionately affects people Agreed. of certain races. But it has that, nothing that's to the do point with of, skin color. It's, it's no, poverty. No, it, it has nothing to do with those people doing it being racists. It, in effect, and this is the point of critical race theory, in effect... It racially disadvantages certain people. I get that you're saying it's poverty. I'm not disagreeing with you, Josh. Yeah, We're right. you're saying it's it's not racially motivated. But no, it's it not affects race exactly, and that's the point of critical race theory. Is they're saying this isn't a bunch of people who are racists. They're they're not intentionally going. I I don't like black people, so I'm going to position my practice over here. They're not doing that. The beauty of critical I get race what theory. You're saying yeah, okay. But you keep- keep couching it and saying it's because they're black. It has nothing to do with their freaking skin color but, because but you white people have the same them. issue. Sure, but it disproportionately yeah, it, affects, it affects them people. disproportionately. But the right. way that you keep referencing it is it's because of their skin color. It has nothing to do with their I, skin I color. Said that. If it's I said what, it has to do with poverty. It just disproportionately affects them. And that's where critical race theory comes in. Critical race theory is not saying that these people are racist. We already said this, right? It just right, disproportionately affects here. them. I know. So we agree. Critical so we race agree. theory is destroying society, poisoning society. Agree or disagree, Ryan? Can you give me more clarification on what you mean by that? <laughs> Was it just that um, you found some large black woman on uh, the own uh, network it- who was bitching about something and that's your example? No, or do you think this I'm is really pervasive? That, uh, I think the victimhood ment- mentality is pervasive, and that's really the problem. That's what's poisoning people's minds. When when you have CRT coming out and saying uh, you the the system's rigged rigged against you, you're screwed because of your skin color, and there's nothing you can do about it. You, you're you're a victim. That poisons people's minds. Okay, the victimhood mentality is the most. I don't know if it's the most corrosive thing that you can suffer from but it's it's right up there when people really start believing they're a victim they are worthless nobody wants to be around that person they're incapable of producing anything victims are bad i hate being around victims i hate people that say they're victims people get victimized it happens freaking sack up okay uh, and i get what you're saying and, and and 
and I, I understand the importance of critical theory in addressing the inequalities and, and, and helping dispossessed people. That's important, but couching it in the terms that it's, it's uh, you're, you're, this is happening because you're black. That is not accurate enough. And, and there's nothing to prove that. Yes, it affects them disproportionately, but it's because they're disproportionately poor. And there's reasons for that. It has nothing to do with skin color. It drives me bonkers. And the, they're I, just the and, same and, as the rest of us. And, and, and Josh, you're saying, and that idea that can be, the critical race theory can be grabbed on and can be used as a crutch, you know, to, to yes, further good. expand uh, the victim narrative, which isn't, productive to that group it's very counterproductive good yeah. good way of stating it yes and, right and that that's in that way that it's poison uh, yes okay so if we clarify josh's point that by poisoning he means that some people in society derive per- perhaps through some means of getting at it right critical race theory however it's translated from the ivory tower academics who are writing in, you know, egghead journals for other ivory tower academics, which is the stuff that I read all the time. That's not what this person is probably reading, but somehow she got some semblance of critical race theory and it turned her into a victim and you're calling that poison and you don't like that. Can I agree Um, that that's a problem for, for some people? Yeah. I don't, I don't like the victim mentality either. Like you said, some people are legitimately victimized, but I don't, I don't like it when people adopt that mentality I want people good to you. suck it up and move on too, right? Get help, get a therapist. Like uh, I get that. So if that's what you actually mean. That is, I, I, okay. I thought you guys would find this video funnier. I think it's hilarious because <laughs> she says Trump's killing us. Trump's killing think, black, and, black women. Uh, right. It's, the, it's the system absurd, was worse before right? Trump. And, so. and, and, and it's not like now that Biden's in administration is now they're losing weight more, right? It's, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, <laughs> that's that's uh, why I found it funny on the Oprah network. Who, right been battling no, her weight since i was born so i think you could have framed that question a little differently to get a, a quicker yes of though, course right? i could have but it wouldn't have been funny uh okay let's see here then we've got um my last uh, point last question yeah the last the last group okay <clears throat> josh should it be allowed to ask questions about whether laws favor one group or over another this this brings me back to my first point and gets at the subtlety of modern critical race theory. How do we know if a new law is going to affect everyone the same way? For instance, the 2007-2008 recession was tied in part to homes and people buying homes that they really could not afford, right? Can we all agree on this? Right. Yes? yes. Okay. Uh, During and that the recession, government getting involved where it shouldn't have been involved. But yes, I agree. That not, not my point. During that recession and following it, there were thousands, millions of foreclosures across the US. Black individuals were more likely to lose their homes than were white individuals. I'm sure we could go into, de- into detail on all the nuances of why that happened and debate those details. I'm sure we could debate those details. And Josh would probably say that it has nothing to do with race, has to do with poverty or income or you know, whatever it is. At the end of the day, black individuals were disproportionately more likely to lose their homes than were white individuals. And that happened 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Okay. So we're not talking 70 years ago anymore. We're talking 12, 13 years ago. This is a fairly recent example. I think it's important, and this is all I'm getting at. I think it's important to be able to ask why black individuals were more likely to lose their homes and wonder if that was tied to policies laws, 
or regulations. Asking that question is critical race theory. That's it. That's critical race theory. It's just asking, did the disproportionate number of Black people who lost their homes have anything to do with laws, policies, or regulations that were in place? So, Josh, should it be allowed to ask questions about whether laws favor one group over another? Yes, asking questions is great, but but to say Indeed. that is critical race theory—that's not that is that is literally that's, critical that's race theory. No, because critical race theory insists that the system is rigged against you. So you're viewing it already from a tinted lens. It's already poisoned the well. That's part of the problem with it. What you're what you're stating is more you know critical theory that you should be able to ask those questions. Sure, why not? And and I. Well, I'm not going to go into it. I was going to answer the question of why I think that happened. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you agreement. I, I, I don't agree wholeheartedly with your definition of CRT, but, but yeah, I agree. There's nothing wrong with asking those questions. That's, that's a good thing. Forcing it on other people that they have to view the world through that lens, that's more problematic. Cool. All right, guys. Good questions. Uh you were able to strong arm the other over to some <laughs> partial and selective agreements. Uh, we had to do some wrestling to get yeah. some agreement tonight. We, we got there, right? We got there. We did. We did. All right. I've, I've formed up some thoughts here. Here's some uh, closing. Or here's, here's my my. Uh, it's Tommy's take. take. You it's, called it Tommy's take one Tommy's time, and take. I was like, I like that. Call it Tommy's take. Here's my take. All right. This is interesting because Ryan brought up some great points in that um, critical race theory does have a place and serve a purpose, right? And I think it is productive to be able to put on a lens, that lens from um, in certain times and, and places to uh, to view things and make sure that, that, that we're not penalizing a group, right? Severely or, or at least at least weighing out the effects of what something a law or, or a practice or policy will, will affect. Um, I, here's the, here's the one thing. And I, when I think, and then on the, on the other side of that coin, I think Josh brought up a good point of like, Hey, if I always put on the critical race theory lens, there would be pros and cons to that as well. And, um, and so you, you've got to kind of like, it's like, you got to put it on sometimes, but make sure you take it off. Right. And, so here's one of the things that was interesting that I was this list that Josh brought up from the, from Purdue's website of all the different critical lenses. And the, the funny thing is, is like, yes, I do want to look at things from a different point of view, but everything on this list is a very, these are all like, you know, it's like a liberal checklist of like, um, most of them, almost all of them. Yeah, I, maybe maybe I'm not recognizing some, you know, some of these I don't know very well, right? Of formalism, and uh, and there was another one I didn't know, but um, I, I so it that seems almost agenda ridden, right? As opposed to um, as a like it would be, I would feel better about this if it was well rounded, where we could look at it from if there was some conservative lenses, right? That could be put on from time to time to be like, well, hey, is religion in? You know, is there a critical religion view, right? Where you're like, Hey, is there a place for that? And, and is there, are we, there, are we, there is, there is a critical uh, religion view, but it's negative of religion. It's so, what? It's critical oh, it's, of religion. That's, that's oh, okay. the research I do. Yeah, right, right. It's critical of religion. There's no, there's no, there's pro, no pro, well, but, right. but think about what you're saying though, right? Like 
the, the position that you're critiquing is the conservative position because it's the one from the past. I mean, going back to Josh's point, right? Conservatives are trying to keep things the same. Progressives are trying to change them. So it doesn't make sense to have a conservative lens when what you're critiquing is the conservative lens. But I, Does that I, make sense? I No, I totally agree. I, that does make sense. I do think that we have moved. And so I, we have progressed, I'd say, in a certain direction. And I, I, so I think it's worth taking, you know, maybe it's taking a look back and be like, well, is this, was this, is, you know, um, uh, you know, X number of people, large percentage are now not, don't identify as Christian, what, right? Is that good what, or is that bad? Right. And just sort of like taking what a you're, like, you're describing Nietzsche's, uh, you know, beautiful work where he says God is dead and is we who have killed him. He predicted this move away from religion and it would be beautiful if the academics would do exactly what you're saying and look back and see if Nietzsche is right and go, how, how bad is this? Maybe we should criticize moving away from religion, but they don't do that because they's are on the left. So what, <laughs> so what, what you're Josh, that's literally about, my area. That is literally <laughs> my area of research. And how, how many books have you written that are, that are pro-religion? Uh, you have a few no, facets in some of your writing. You know, I mean, Josh, pro religion. You're so critical of religion. In, in my hey, area, we'll go, we'll go, hey guys, we'll go into in my area. Take, all right, ninety percent of the Tommy's people Tommy's are pro religious. I'm the minority <laughs> taking the critical lens. Mm-hmm. Sure, so sorry, Tom. I, no, talk. it's fine. Uh, so that's all I would say is it is it does seem like all the lenses that you can put up and put, and put down are seem to be pointed. And, and maybe that's right. Maybe we come from a conservative background, therefore we need to put on progressive lenses, but I do think we have moved considerably and it might be, you know, it might be, it, I would love to see on that list, some, some conservative lenses, right. That would make me feel better that it wasn't biased, but um, that, that's really all my, my take. So I thought there was some good points brought up and I, um, I liked I liked where we got on that. So uh, closing statements. Who wants to go first? Sounds like Josh already has one. I I never prepare closing statements. So Josh, go. Yeah, go. I prepare a closing thought. So my my critique, my big problem with critical race theory, um, is is that it moves us away from the all important tenant of of western values of the judeo-christian ethos that brought us to this point and that is the primacy of the individual okay when we when we move away from focusing on the individual and individual rights we're going to doom ourselves okay this is what our our society is founded upon and the the postmodernists have have created this map of intersectionality where they tried to divide everybody up into these small uh, victim groups. Okay. Um, the black people are victimized over here and LGBTQT LMNOP group over here. And they, they try to divide us up and move us back to tribalism, which is so bizarre to me because tribalism didn't work out very well. And, and we're so f- far advanced beyond tribalism. Why are we looking backwards thinking that's a good idea? The primacy of the individual has brought us untold wealth and freedom it makes no sense to me and it and it scares me that there's this move to to move away from that and to go back to this determinism of of the of the groups that we belong to and that's how we should divide uh define each other and define ourselves by our group identity that is terrifying to me it's terrifying we anything that moves us away from the primacy of the individual should be rejected in my opinion. And that's my fear with critical race theory. It moves us back to segregationist lines 
that are not good for society. They're not, and as I pointed out, I don't think they're good for the individual. Primacy of the, indiv- primacy of the individual should be our focus. That's my final thought. Ryan? Uh, this is really interesting. Um, okay. I'm going to tell a story. Can I tell a story? Is that okay? Better be sure. good. <laughs> so Josh, Josh is going to hate this story. He's going to hate it already. I'm, I'm telling you he's going to hate the story. When It's a trap. Uh, it's a trap. <laughs> when uh, my wife and I moved to Cincinnati, Ohio um, to go to graduate school, we uh, decided... Story. Yeah, we decided we wanted to buy a condo. Now, we didn't have a lot of money, so we were looking at relatively cheap condos. Um, We reached out and got a real estate agent because we didn't know the area, right? We were new from this. And we have to keep in mind, um, where all three of us grew up is Morgan County, Utah. Uh, How racially, not ethnically, how racially diverse is Morgan County, Utah? It's pretty white. It is pretty white. So I had really no experience with segregation, with segregated neighborhoods. Increasingly in Salt Lake and even in Ogden, there are segregated neighborhoods based on ethnicity. So they're like Hispanic neighborhoods and kind of some uh, Pacific Islander neighborhoods in different places now. But where we grew up, everybody was white, right? I mean, almost everybody was white. So I didn't, I had no conception of this. We went out and we're going to spend a week looking at condos in Cincinnati. The very first day that we go out with our real estate agent, who was a white guy, um, we had picked out like five or six different condos that looked nice to us and were within our price range. And so he would drive us to one of these condos, would walk through it and look at it, right? And um, on some of the condos, you know, we'd say, that's pretty nice. Like, we kind of like this. He would say, well, you know, um, why don't you come back? tonight at like 536 and see what the neighborhood is like. Okay. And he only said this for certain condos and me being naive and not really understanding what was going on. I was like, that's a really good idea. Like our real estate agent is on top of this. Let's go yeah. see who our neighbors would be. See that's smart. Neighbors. I want to meet the yeah, church group wanna, and everything. Exactly. I yeah. want to know who my neighbors are. So we took him up on his word, you know, on his suggestion. Uh, he drops us off at like 3 PM and we had, you know, made a list And so we actually did drive back into those neighborhoods for like three of the condos that were like, this is, you know, it's in our price range. It was nice. Like we could totally imagine ourselves living here. Every single one of the ones where he said, you should come back and see who your neighbors were. Those were predominantly black neighborhoods. And when we drove in, I mean, it was pretty clear, like almost everybody was black. Cincinnati is quite a segregated city still today. And that was in 2001 when we were moving there. It was very segregated. Um, he didn't say that for the condos that were in either mixed race neighborhoods or predominantly white neighborhoods. Okay. Why do I tell this story? I don't think that real estate agent was racist. I really don't. I think he, he thought he was doing what was in the best interest of his clients. And um, it's actually illegal to mention race. That's why he didn't ever say this is a predominantly black neighborhood. You shouldn't move here. It's illegal to do that. But what was the effect of what he did? Right. The effect was you didn't buy any didn't, of those houses. We didn't buy any of those houses. Okay. We ended up buying in a mixed race neighborhood. Half my neighbors were black. So half my neighbors were white. Sounds like you're huh? racist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know what you're saying. The, the point being, 
okay, is he's not a racist. I'm not saying he's a racist. Okay? Got it. You and I'm not saying that we're racist or that any of the neighborhoods are like, like there isn't individuals who are a bunch of racists here. It's a system that is set up to encourage segregation. And this goes exactly opposite of Josh's point. This is why What's I said Josh system? isn't going to like my story. What, the system? system is a real estate system where if we end up buying one of those homes and we don't like it because suddenly we're in a predominantly black neighborhood, you what review are we going to give our real estate agent? Right. Right. right? We're going we're gonna to say he didn't do enough to make sure that we didn't buy in this neighborhood. Now, I don't know that that's what, what would have happened. Maybe I would have been the exception. We would have been fine there. That's the but I'm system? Sure there, but you know that's, somebody would have done that, right? Somebody, somebody would, would have done that. That's right. racist people. If, if you had a racist See, client, Josh, they would this do is that. exactly my point. You only think about the world in terms of individuals. And I'm saying there is a systemic view that is important. And I, you just, you literally, your point was, I reject no, I, that. I, I see, that is an evil thing. See, Don't do but that. But I see what you're saying, but it's not the actual system in place. It's the people within the system. What is a system, Josh? What is a system? Systems don't exist, right? They're people. They're just people who don't know what they're doing. That's literally what a system is. There is no system that exists, uh, you know, outside of okay, humans. So, so why didn't you, to combat this, the system and the systemic racists, why didn't you buy in the black neighborhood? I bought in a mixed race neighborhood. You Just didn't like buy my any house of the black here. neighborhoods. I, I didn't. You're right. I didn't. I bought here in a mixed race neighborhood. I keep buying in mixed race neighborhoods. I could move 30 miles out into the suburbs and have all white neighbors and have three times the size of my teeny tiny little house, which you've been to and you've seen. It's a small house in not the best neighborhood. And my property values would be way higher than they are at this house if I moved way out with all white neighbors. There's a reason why I live here. The primary one is I can't commute. I would kill somebody. The secondary one is because I don't believe that I should have to live way out there when I'm perfectly fine having next right, right across the street is a house filled with Hispanic migrants right next to me, Puerto Rican. Okay. Next to him or next on the other side is Spanish heritage. And then we go down kitty corner black. The next one down is Hispanic. And the next one down is black. It's a mixed race neighborhood. But it your kills point, my property value. Your point, your point is point? that, like, it, that. no, your point is that, like, the individual, none of those individuals in that scenario were trying to be racist, but Bingo. the systemically that it's that, systemic racism that neighborhood stayed segregated. Yep, and it's but, not because they're individuals who are racist. But you're asserting that the property values in your neighborhood are low because it's a mixed race neighborhood. They're lower than they would be if it was a predominantly white neighborhood. Can you prove that? Yep. And actually, my property uh, value is as, starting as somebody, to go up because it's, it's, somebody it's gentrifying. A, well, that's all the, the time we have. Oh, come on. <laughs> I say with somebody that has a real estate license, I don't see that. There are plenty of neighborhoods with mixed race that property values are sky high. I hope you sure. enjoyed this episode, yeah. everybody. We're going <laughs> to cut it here because we're just grinding along. Well, now uh, we're arguing. That was a good, good episode. Appreciate it. We'll see you for the next one. Josh, we may not always agree when it comes to politics, even though we're trying, but there is one thing we agree on. There is only one way to clean up after going to the bathroom, and that's with a Lux Bidet. I've been a proud owner of a Lux Bidet for years. I have literally owned a Lux Neo 320 since 2013. That's the warm water model. Talk about happy, fun, poopy time. 
when I leave the bathroom, I know I'm clean and ready to talk politics in a civilized manner. Exactly. Using a toilet without a bidet is about as uncivilized as it gets. Civil conversations demand civil hygiene practices. And that is why our listeners should get themselves a Lux bidet. And just to be clear, Lux is not supporting one side or the other in this podcast. They support civil conversations and clean butts. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Finding Common Battlegrounds. The music is by Ben Sound. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and not those of their employers. For more information or more episodes, you can find us at findingcommonbattlegrounds.com.